you've built a path for others to follow because you're also, you've introduced who you are to Oxford and to Saudi Arabia coming from other areas that they may not have ever thought, you know, oh, you know, these people belong here, but you have created a path too. Actually, uh, thank you. And what I want to say about this is that you're right, Ivana. Like we have to open new opportunities for the people to come, for the other Latinos, and having the being the first in certain, you know, like uh, events in my life. Also, you have this responsibility that you have to do a good work. This is the O Rise Feature Cast. Join host Michael Holtz for conversations with O Rise experts on STEM workforce development, scientific and technical reviews and the evaluation of radiation exposure and environmental contamination. You'll also hear from ORISE research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the ORISE FeatureCast. Welcome to the ORISE FeatureCast. As ever, I'm your host, Michael Holtz, in the Communications and Marketing Department at the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education. And I have the great pleasure today of talking to two people who, although we've just met, I know we're going to be great friends and we have a great topic to talk about today. I have Erika Padron, who is an ORISE fellow at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And I have Yvonne Garcia, also at the CDC. We're going to talk about the importance of um, outreach to Hispanic students, um, young Hispanic researchers to basically bring them into the world of science. Um, but Enrico, I want to start with you. Um, tell me a little bit about who you are and, and the, the research that you're doing now at the CDC. Oh, thank you. Thank you for this um, amazing introduction. Um, well, well, as you, uh, as you see, um, my name is Enrico Padron. I'm originally from Mexico. And um, so what I'm doing the CDC, I'm an ORIS fellow here. And what I do is to implement um, immunoassays for vital vaccine-preventable diseases and also to uh, implement these assays for evaluating vaccines. Um, can you can you ask can you repeat the, the first thing of the question? Sorry, just uh, I just to- I- well, so I just asked about actually what you just told me, basically your fellowship at um, the CDC and what you're doing. So just, you know, I know a little bit about who you are, you know, and we'll get more into this, but, um, you know, where are you from, um, you know, a little bit about your background. Okay, perfect. Uh, so this is the, 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 the part you caught. So that's good. Um, so just continue what I uh, what I was talking. So I'm originally from Mexico, and I did my bachelor's degree in uh, Nice University in Mexico called Itesem Monterrey. I was studying biotechnology. I was very interested back then in all those things, technologies and um, biology. Um, then I decided to continue my studies in. Um, decided to continue my story. I was very, very interested in viruses for some reason. And I decided to move to Saudi Arabia to, to, to studying in the university, in a university called King Abdullah University of Science and Technology. So I was there two years and I was um, investigating one of the largest annual mass gathering in the world called the Hajj pilgrimage. So as you know, like um, 
millions of Muslims people, they arrived to the Mecca in Saudi Arabia. And I was kind of pioneering the study of enteric viruses from the region, from the celebration, and just to trying to discover new viruses uh, from, from this very magnific magnific place. Um, after that, I want to continue my uh, interest in viruses, but also trying to provide some products to the people, something that I could kind of like deliver to the people to improve the health of the population. So I was very, very um, pleased to be accepted at the University of Oxford in England to develop vaccines for global infectious diseases. So I was actually working um, with very um, key, key opinion leaders from the world, like in vaccine, the vaccine world. And actually these people um, later developed some of the COVID vaccines that um, we thank God we, we had uh, during the, um, the pandemic. So um, I was working with them trying to develop new technologies, vaccine technologies for viruses. And I then when the, the COVID happened, I moved to Mexico and I was trying to um, bring vaccines to Mexico actually as a consultant in a private company. So I was working with government authorities and also with uh, key opinion leaders from the country. And it was very international driven as well um, because COVIDs were coming from a lot of, a lot of uh, parts of the world. So just trying to kind of like to bring those vaccines. Um, I was trying to, sorry, I keep saying trying to, which is something very English to say, like kind of like understated things like, oh, you're trying, no, I was actually doing that. I was working. <laughs> um, we have very interesting projects. Um, um, some of them I cannot say because of some um, uh, NDAs, but sure. uh, yeah, I was bringing uh, COVID vaccines to Mexico and also evaluating vaccine uh, diagnostic products to Mexico. It was very rewarding. Um, but um, somehow as the next stage of my career, I wanted to come to the U.S. because I think the U.S. offers very great opportunities for scientists like me. And I wanted to come to the U.S. and one of the um, institutions that offered me those opportunities is the CDC. Uh, I was very, very... Um, lucky to find a place like this um, with um, Stephen Crook, which, uh, who is the team lead. And I'm part of the Division of Viral Diseases here in the CDC and the branch of Vital Vaccine Preventable Diseases. And what we do is just to implement SIS Evaluate Vaccines, um, trying to support uh, the research in the vaccine development. We have very nice vaccines uh, that we have used for a long time but um, sometimes these vaccines, they don't work as we expect, um, meaning that uh, they have to be refined or we want, um, they have to, sorry, I have to be, this is the part of which it gets very, very politically driven. So I want to say the right wording for this. Sure, so sure. What I'm saying is that vaccines work, work, of course, but sometimes they have to be refined and they, we have to maintain a research um, in the efficacy. Mm -hmm vaccines. So that's what I wanted to say. Um, so uh, we're, we're working with missiles, uh, rubella, um, mumps, um, especially interested in mumps. Um, mumps is an infection disease which uh, we have a vaccine for, but sometimes um, according to the epidemiological data, and this is actually not that uh, strongly my field, epidemiological data, more in the molecular biology uh, part and uh, immunoassays. 
um, we see that uh, some people are getting infected. And so my job is to try to develop these immunoassays that facilitate um, that investigation of what the humans, um, how these vaccines work on humans. Yeah. I have so many questions. <laughs> Just about the little bit that you've told me, but before I get to that, Yvonne, Erico, obviously impressive background, has done some impressive work. Um, talk about the importance, the va- well, first of all, tell me who you are. Tell me what you do at the CDC. Well, my goodness, after after Erico, I'm telling you, he he's a highly valued employee at CDC. And he's also modest. He was the first a Latino to be accepted at Oxford. Didn't tell you that, did he? But, you know, it falls in line with what CDC is trying to do uh, as well. Um, and I'm Yvonne Garcia. I'm a health communications specialist, not a scientist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but essentially, um, I'm leading uh, outreach efforts. It's part of a larger team that's that's doing outreach and communication to uh, minority serving institutions. I am leading the Hispanic Latino outreach, and I'll use those two terms interchangeably. Um, mm-hmm. But that's exactly uh, what I do. And of course, you know, CDC is committed to building a science, technology, engineering, and math, which we call STEM workforce. Right public health that reflects the diversity of cultures, identities, perspectives, uh, the approaches and the competencies that are represented across the United States. So we're trying to increase the Hispanic Latino workforce in a variety of science disciplines. And and that includes microbiologists, epidemiologists, health scientists, medical officers, for example, statisticians, informatics. CDC has a wealth, and those are just the science disciplines. Right, right. So we have a wealth of disciplines. But since we're talking science, I'll keep it to science. <laughs> but that's what I do at CDC. So we're, we're hoping that, you know, uh, by visiting universities, getting the ORISE information out as well, uh, that will be able to increase that population because uh, essentially, um, I don't know if you are aware, but essentially the U.S. Hispanic Latino population is 63.7 million. 37 million are of Mexican origin, which uh-huh. both Erico and I are both of Mexican origin. So uh, followed by the Puerto Rican population, which is at 5 million. So, and other smaller subgroups. So, so after the non-Hispanic white population, Hispanics are the largest group. Uh, that's why we need to, to have better representation of all these disciplines at CDC so that we can make a lasting uh, and a positive impact on the health standards, the practices, and also making research sustainable and relevant to Hispanics. And Yvonne, that po- the population of... Hispanic people in the U.S. is growing, so it's all the more important to um, be able to conduct the science, translate the science into language that Hispanic-speaking people, Spanish-speaking Hispanic people can understand, um, but also, again, to be doing the science at the bench side, at the... um, um, you know, out in their communities, out in the communities where, where they live. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. When when studies are conducted in priority populations and you have, you know, no one who really represents that population group. Um, and if it's a subpopulation, for example, that's even better to have someone who understands it because they understand the social cultural aspects of the population, you know, and if they don't and they lack that lived experience as well. They're, they're not able to raise those issues that are key so and, and should be considered. So that essentially, a lot is missed. And that affects the quality and the comprehensiveness of any research investigation. Absolutely. So, yeah, so CDC right now understands, uh, based on the data, that we have a very, very low uh, representation of Hispanics uh, in general, uh, at CDC, so we're working really hard to to increase it among other minority populations. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, Erico, I want to go back to um, some of what you've talked about in terms of your history. I was, in particular, struck by being in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> um, you know, in Mecca, um, you know, doing doing studies of viruses, and I just what was that like just from on a personal level you know being at this you know revered holy site where you know thousands of people uh, you know come for the hodge and it's part of their you know religious experience to make the pilgrimage um and and you're there you know doing virology studies which is critical when you bring those that number of people you know to a place um understanding what could be impacting people um when they gather in those kinds of numbers i get I, again just out of my own curiosity what was it like to be there so that's a very interesting question and i think it has to be with um valuable comments from yvonne uh, as a latino uh when you are asking me this question it has to be with my history as a latino as well so when I left uh, Mexico, I wanted to um, to develop my career. And the next opportunities that I was seeing and they were reachable to me was this university called Killing Abdullah University because they were funding my, my travel uh, to go there, my flight even, my stay there. And I didn't have money back then. Like, how can I um, access um, educational quality mm-hmm. if... I have money for that and my dreams you know like I was um, back then I was 22 and um, so I heard about this university and um, it was a very competitive process it's a worldwide competition and I was lucky to be selected and I already knew what I wanted to do I wanted to do viruses infectious diseases and they have a nice lab for for that a lab uh, pathogens um, lab there um, when I traveled, uh, when I went there, is the adaptation, right? That's the first thing. I never had lived before outside of Mexico. So imagine one day being in Mexico, the other day you're in this part of the world and you don't know what to expect. Sure. And, and the university is in the middle of the desert. It's a very technological, high-tech uh, compound in the middle of the desert. And I was, I arrived like three in the morning. Um, everything was so new for me. And at the end of the day, it's like something that validate your courage, you know, like 
I'm, I'm trying to bring it here. You know, I want to follow really my dreams. And this is what I'm doing to follow my dreams. Mm -hmm. um, then it was offered to me this project, the Hatch project. It was actually published in a very um, nice journal um, from the CDC, actually, one of the journals of the CDC. And I was, um, I got interested because it was the, the project that was linked to clinical data with humans. I wanted to, to, to feel that impact of the human people. So this was one of the few projects back then that existed in that regard. So um, the Mecca, uh, 2.5 millions of people, they arrive every, every year from very different locations, wow. world, very remote locations. So the idea, uh, and I want to be honest, this is uh, a work from a lot of people. It's not only me. I was managing and directing the part of the virus part, but all other people were already conceiving this project. We're working with the Deputy Ministry of Health of the mm -hmm. Kingdom uh, for this. Okay. And also uh, my, my bosses back there, um, I arrived in the middle of the project, but it was the, the, the project was already mature to have all these data. So I was pretty lucky to be there at the right time. So uh, I was part of um, managing the detection of the viruses, enteric viruses. And so we just had to sample a lot of samples, you know, like, sorry, to, to screen a lot of samples. And it was a lot of hard work, but when you, enjoy it i mean you don't feel it like work and then actually uh because of this project uh, they got very interested in oxford that's why i also arrived to oxford um, because it's very it was a very interesting project um we wanted to discover new viruses because of all these people they're coming from different locations so they, you don't you don't have to go to these remote places these people come to you in this celebration in this festival um so it was a very interesting project and i was lucky to to be to be there i learned a lot uh this is something that you learn through 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 the process because you're a student and all even though the project is very the outreach is is high um you're still a student but that's how you learn sometimes so um and everything everything went fine you know like the result that we got it was very interesting and uh, yeah that's how it happened um, you can erase this from the conversation because I want to be honest with you. I couldn't arrive to the place to Mecca because it's only for Muslim people. If you're not Muslim, um, you, you, you don't have access to the Holy City. So we were mm -hmm. examples from this celebration. Um, but the university was very, you know, like, um, the majority of the students were Muslims, the culture you try to adapt and, and also makes you, um, to be more and more tolerant to other cultures, you know, like uh, there are certain situations that you can also erase this part. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, coming back to what Yvonne was saying is to be a Latino, you know, um, there is a certain context that comes with it, you know, you have a certain background that comes from being a Latino. And in this case it was a very exotic thing, you know, like a Latino in Saudi Arabia, you know, it calls the attention a lot. Um, but I want to say about, um, about this is what you have to do in order to follow your dreams, you know, as a Latino guy, um, you're at your 22nd birthday, you're in the other part of the world trying to follow your dreams. How did that happen? Um, but even though like, thank God, thank life that 
um, nothing happened, you know, um, traveling to other regions without knowing anyone. And you just have your kind of like your talent, your knowledge, and you want to bring it. And just from my, from my own experience of, of, you know, I mean, I didn't move to another part of the world, but another part of the country, you know, you're there by yourself. So you're, you're having to adapt to, you know, basically an entirely new world, um, mm -hmm. a new culture. Um, and then same thing happens when you go to Oxford, right? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you're, as Yvonne said, first Latino student to be admitted to Oxford. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Michael, you know, when you think about it, I mean, and, and actually you too, Erico, you, you've kind of, you're, you've built a path for others mm -hmm. to follow because you're also, you've introduced who you are to Oxford and to Saudi Arabia coming from other areas that they may not have ever thought, you know, sure. oh, you know, these people belong here, but you have created a path too. Actually, uh, thank you. And what I want to say about this is that it, it, you're right about I mean, Like we have to open new opportunities for the people to come for the other Latinos and having the, in the first in certain, you know, like uh, events in my life. Also, you have this responsibility that you have to do a good work. And also what Michael is saying about adaptability, you know, it's, it's a very important asset in your life. Um, I've been told that I'm very, um, that I adapt really well. I'm gonna like, <laughs> I don't have the introspection high level to say that, but I think it's a good asset, you know, to, to adapt to different cultures, yeah. different languages. Um, if, if you ask me right now, I don't find any um, uh, issues, you know, like um, living with people from certain cultures. Sorry, um, I'm, not, I'm, uh, uh, I'm not sure like that was the right wording to say. But what I want to say is that you, you're, you live in such multicultural life all the way to here that, you know, it's, it's, it's a very nice experience. I, I really enjoy it, you know. Mm. Just uh, your story amazes me and impresses me on on so many levels. Um, I want to ask you though, Erica, was has science always been a passion for you? You know, I you know I I talked to other scientists and you know they knew from when they were kids or they you know woke up in high school and went oh you know this is what I want to do. What was the point for you where you knew? Um, a, a life in the sciences was something you wanted to pursue um, for yourself as a career path? Yeah, that's a very, very interesting question. Um, when he was one year old, probably. I mean, I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, I, I come from this region in the north of Mexico called Tamaulipas. I'm not sure like you heard it from the news and everything. It's not very known for... for I'm trying to be honest here for, for science and research. It's not the capital of Mexico. It's not like the main city of one of the main cities in Mexico. My parents are school high school teachers. And just thinking about this question when I was preparing for this, uh, for this interview, I think I got them a little bit from them. You know, when you're a high school teacher, you tend to like science, you like teaching and everything. And I think it was uh, since a very early age, you know, 10 years old or something, I used to 
do in Mexico in my house, mini experiments that I thought they were experiments, you know. I kind of like feel, you know, attached to biology stuff. I wanted to do something biology, I always, but also liked technology. So um, when I grew up, I, I, I also tend to like clinical research. So I think my path in my career has show that you know technologies immunoassays biology because it's the human body where like human beings were um living living things and also the the part of the clinical thing you know like uh, trying to improve the health of the people with products and i think sometimes you don't get to choose your you have in your mind oh i'm going to do this i'm going to do that but sometimes things change a little bit um you have to have a bit a, a little bit of free a, a very elasticity, uh, as mm -hmm. I said, to move to other paths. But I think in my career, if I look backwards, I was very lucky to to construct something. You know, it's going to something which is you know clinical research, technology, biology. I, I, I feel lucky also because you know um, there is some struggles as well. You know, when, when sure. you're uh, growing in life, trying to look for better opportunities. So, so in, in summary, it was since I was a kid. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's great. That's great. So, so yeah. So, since you sort of had that curiosity from when you were a kid, um, but it sounds like when you were in high school, you had a couple of teachers that maybe became your first mentors to help you make that decision. Um, I want to ask you about um, mentorship in general. I mean, again, it sounds like those high school teachers were early mentors for you. Are there others along your journey that um, were important to, to, I mean, understanding understanding what I do from talking to other researchers? Mentorship is critical, right? I mean, you stay on the path um, because you have the opportunity to be mentored by other researchers. And so that helps guide the development of your career, right? So who are, for you, Erica, who are some of those people? It's a very good question. And I, I will take some seconds to think about it. I, there are definitely some. The thing about me is that sometimes you're so driven by research or what you're doing that you don't think about these things, you know? Mm. But they're there. They're, they're definitely there. And what I can think about... Right now, you know, when, when we were talking in high school, I really had this cool high school teacher who was my biology teacher. And, you know, like, it's very important that you're being encouraged. That's a right thing, you know, like, that's the important thing to do. You have to be encouraged in high school and to promote that. Actually, I'm a product of public school in Mexico. I was um, starting uh, until high school in public school, and I was always interested in research and sometimes you have they're difficult to find you know like mentors and people who can encourage you to to study more to be more interested thinking backwards i i have to be honest i haven't been a little bit fair with them in terms of trying to acknowledge more and i have to do that because at the end of the day even though you're so driven and you're like you want to be you know smart and everything in your career part of your success belongs to these people. Um, I don't think in another scenario with scenario with without these people. And one of them will be my high school mentor, um, mm. biology, his name is Charles Charles. Um, 
in, in Spanish. It's not a very common Spanish name, but uh, Charles. Um, and also like my mentors in masters, in PhD sometimes, you know, in science, because you're learning and these places where I've been, it has been very, you know, ambitious projects, the Ministry of Health, these people from Oxford um, and the ba their vaccines, you know, there is a little bit of stress and demand for that. And you have to understand as a young scientist um, that you have to learn and you have to be humble and modest to be able to receive that information from these very knowledgeable people. Because at the end, they have spent a lot of years, substantial amount of years, uh, and you have to have this um, humility and being humble to mm -hmm. receive and I think at the end, um, I wouldn't be, you know, like here without them. That's that's an honest truth. Truth. Um, but yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, Erica, have you had the opportunity to be a mentor to um, other scientists, to young scientists who are who are truly following in your footsteps that you've had the opportunity to work with? To be honest, I have. Um, I don't do it that often. To be honest, I should do it. Sometimes I get, you know, um, submerged in the work. In the work, so I have been interviewed by the um, people from my master's uh, degree. They they, um, they 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 show me sometimes as a relatively successful, you know, successful uh, graduate. And I think I like to do these talks. Uh, during the COVID pandemic, I also had the opportunity to, to be invited to, to talks, you know, also trying to share my knowledge in COVID vaccines. Um, and it's rewarding, to be honest. Uh, sometimes as a scientist, you forget what you what's the main goal of what you're doing, you know, like you're just trying to polish papers, trying to do this and that. But I think at the end, the main goal is to, 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 to reach the quality of life of society. And that's something that you have to do to connect with, with people that, that are not linked, that linked to, to science and research. Yvonne, hmm. Erica is blazing the trail, right? I mean, you know. He is. You've said he's, you know, a valued employee of the CDC and, um, Doing, has done some incredible work, and I have no doubt will continue to do work, um, impressive work in the future. Why is it important to bring researchers like Erico to the forefront and have this conversation, share his experience, share you know his career trajectory, which has been amazing? Um, why is that? Why is that important? Well, yeah, he he has been an amazing role model. Um, and when, when I say that, Erica, in fact, is going to join me next week as I make my tours to universities. Nice. Uh, Erica, yes. And for, for, for these students, there are, many are undergraduates, many are graduate students in the science fields, to have that one-on-one -on -one with him. You know, and, and also we're doing panel discussions, you know, uh, essentially on how do we increase awareness of STEM opportunities amongst, you know, um, in this particular case, uh, Hispanics. So a lot of it is, you know, Ergo had that already, that kind of ambition, that thought process going on in his head at a very early age. But, but right now we need to reach students very early 
to to just expose them to the world of science. And I think there's, in, you know, technologically speaking, um, edutainment. There's so much now that can spark that interest. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm way older um, that didn't really exist when I was growing up, and I wish it had. I went into communications. But boy, you know, I thought, you know, I didn't have that. And I certainly didn't have mentors. A lot of teachers, though, sometimes they would recognize those students who had that sort of science uh, hunger, but then Mm -hmm. left the rest out of the picture thinking, well, they're not interested. And that's really sad because I'm sure there are thousands of Ericos out there. And and that's a huge missed opportunity to not be able to reach all students at some level to see, you know, what is it that will finally like click in their brain. But, you know, it's not always natural like it was for Erico. So, yeah, wow. Erico um, at CDC has really been great. Um, and I think because we don't have enough people from uh, at CDC who are of Mexican origin, the largest subgroup. That is why I think Erico is a great role model, you know, and his story uh, speaks volumes. Um, so I'm, I'm just glad that Erico is, is with our center. As you know, we have many centers at CDC, Absolutely. but we're passing him around. Sorry, Erico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's you. so generous with his time too. So in a sense, you are being a mentor and you just don't know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm just trying to discover myself in life, you know, trying to think all this about this and it's very important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I have to say something. And because um, I was the first uh, Latino in the PhD program of clinical medicine in Oxford, um, not the first Latino because there, there, there are so many in Oxford. Um, but this is also important, you know, like clinical research is, and science. What I was seeing in Oxford, there are not too many Latinos. They're more into, not into science or research. I was invited by the ambassador of the UK in Mexico, like last year, and they were inviting uh, alumni from Oxford. And all of them, they were not from science or research. I was the only one in clinical medicine. And this, <laughs> wow. and we were like 70 or something. And we had to introduce ourselves and all of them. They were not, uh, they were outside the science and, and research. I was uh, the only one in clinical, um, clinical stuff, medicine. I was the first Latin, uh, Mexican in the PhD program of clinical medicine, which our programs are very old, you know, like these universities are like from the 14th century. And to be able to one of the first is just, uh, and also I'm not a physician. Um, so also it was very, very rewarding for me, you know, mm-hmm. being coming from an engineering biotechnology biotechnology background um, I, I, uh, I felt very 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 pleased so sorry I just wanted to, to comment that because you know like uh, sometimes like I don't want other people to to, 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 to do that but yeah sorry yeah. No, thank you for that clarification I think it's it's important and um, um, yeah I just man your work has been so impressive, just the little bit that I've gotten to hear about in the time we've been together. And I really hope that when you and Yvonne do your tour, that the students that you get to meet um, appreciate that. And I really, you know, hope that they can see, you know, Erica's doing this great work. I can do this too. Um, 
exactly. you know, they, that they, they see themselves in you. Um, Sorry, and, yes. You know, I, I, I hope that's what you see happening as you, as you make this tour with them on and, and get to talk yeah. to other students. Yeah, right, like, right. Thing and, like, and it right. wasn't an easy path for you, Erica. I know, I know it wasn't. I mean, you had to kind of, it wasn't a trajectory of from A to B, like for some students in the U.S. You know, you're from Mexico, you go to Saudi Arabia. You, you had to do a lot just to get to where you wanted to be. So Yes. Um, sometimes things, as I was saying, they don't, they don't come as planned. But the main goal in my career has been, you know, like to, to accomplish my dreams as I see it. Mm. And I think it's something that... I don't see myself doing other stuff, uh, you know, outside research and science. And even though sometimes I think about it, and uh, sometimes, but yeah, I think it's, it's it's rewarding, you know. At the end of the day, uh, there are a lot of things that Latino people, uh, such as me, we can do, you know, in science or research. We have this saying in Mexico: "You have the um, Mexican ingenuity." I think that's the translation, you know. Uh, we have a way of thinking to troubleshoot things, you know, in engineering and things. We have a we can provide a different perspective to solve things, and I think that's also have helped me, you know, to go through the PhD to finish the PhD. Uh, how do I solve this very complicated thing? Um, also to graduate, um, but um, yeah, and I think also like uh, my my my. Um, way of thinking, you know, that has to be with Mexico as well. We, we separate uh, that. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping that we can open some sort of connection with some of the universities in Mexico. I know that, for example, Arizona State University and UTEP, actually, where we're going to be in uh, University of Texas, El Paso, they are already are working with universities in the northern area of Mexico. And I think, you know, that that's really important because that's sort of a pathway to the future of where we're going with public health or with health yeah. and science. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like there are exciting days ahead for both of you. Um, just by way of, of wrapping this conversation up, I have one question for both of you. Um, and Erica, I'll start with you. Erica, I, and I love this question. I ask this of just about everyone I interview. Erica, what brings you joy? Joy is something that I constantly think about, you know, why it brings me joy. Sometimes we just, I think it has to be with my research and everything, you know, like, uh, but also my mother said something that we also have to learn how to be, you know? Mm. I've been trained how to learn how to do things, but also right now in my this moment of my life, I'm trying to to learn how to be, you know, how to how to be more, to feel more joy, to 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 feel more fulfilled. Um, my work is part of that, you know, to helping the quality of life of people. But I think it's also changeable. Uh, through the years, you know, right now what brings me joy is to be with my family also. To, um, to to feel that I'm being rewarded financially for my work also, you know, like being a student, a student so much years, so many years. Um, sorry, I, 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 I wish to provide a straight answer for that, but it's something that is in my mind all the time. No, so that's... Down, <laughs> you know, sorry, it's like uh, um, for the people, um, 
But I think it's a job for everybody to, to look for happiness, mm -hmm. something that is not stable, you know, you, you, the things that make you happy changes, uh, the change. So, sorry. Right. Um, sorry to fail on that answer. <laughs> no, no, no. That, <laughs> what I love about the question is that, you know, it's the answer is different for everybody. So, okay. um, Yvonne, for you, same question. What brings you joy? Oh, I got the same question. Okay. I thought it was going to be different. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, actually, I've learned what has brought me joy throughout my very long career is to be able to share what I've learned with everybody. And that's everyone from my son, you know, from my family to those I work with, anybody. I mean, I love sharing my experiences and any information that will help others. To be able to to not only succeed in their career, but just anything that is helpful for a person just to get along in life. Yeah. That brings me a lot of joy. I love that. I love it. Um, both great answers. So thank you very much for, for entertaining the question. Thank you for bringing to us the importance of sharing science with um, Hispanic people, Hispanic young people, um, helping put stories like Eric's out there, Eric goes out there so that young Hispanic students can see there's a path forward. I can be a scientist. I can be a researcher um, and do really amazing and great things. So Erica Padron and Yvonne Garcia, thank you for thank spending you. this time with me. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And, and we hope that uh, the O-Rise fellowships you know, becomes a, a much bigger pathway for students to come to CDC. So thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. And that is my hope as well. I just want to thank again the CDC and Yvonne Garcia and my team leader, Stephen Crook, for this tremendous opportunity. You know, it has been wonderful, my experience. It has been the best experience I had so far, professionally speaking. So thank you. Awesome. That is high praise right there. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the O-Rise Feature Cast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.orau.gov or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at O-Rise Connect. If you like the O-Rise Feature Cast, give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. The Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education is managed by ORAU for the U.S. Department of Energy.